Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre here in the UK. Each episode is a recording of the Bible message that would normally be shared during the Sunday worship service. While we are unable to meet together for worship, we will publish our podcasts at 10am every Sunday morning and you can also see daily videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen now, we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. One of the things you may have been doing during lockdown is catching up on some films or box sets on television. Adrian and I have really got into a series called The Blacklist. This is an American crime thriller television series on Sky, and the show follows Raymond Red Reddington, a former U.S. Navy officer turned high-profile criminal who voluntarily surrenders to the FBI after eluding capture for decades. He tells the FBI that he has a list of the most dangerous criminals in the world that he has compiled over the years and is willing to inform on their operations in exchange for immunity from prosecution. However, he insists on working exclusively with a rookie FBI profiler by the name of Elizabeth Keane. And each episode is about how they work together to capture one of these criminals on the blacklist. It's a bit dark at times, but it's got some really good humour and it's got such very clever plots. Uh, A bit of romance, great action and the goodie always pulls through in the end. Now that is a good combination of watching for me. I wonder what type of TV or film you like to watch. Maybe you like a good action movie, The Great Escape, James Bond, Indiana Jones, or a rom-com like Bridget Jones, Notting Hill, Love Actually, Pride and Prejudice. Maybe you're a sci-fi fan, Star Trek or the Star Wars films, or you like the children's cartoon-style films like Cars or The Angry Birds or Toy Story or Frozen. Perhaps you love the musicals like The Sound of Music and Grease and Guys and Dolls and Mary Poppins and Mamma Mia. Perhaps you like the old-style films, the black-and-white films, like Casablanca and It's a Wonderful Life. Or you like a good old western, The Magnificent Seven, High Noon, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Or perhaps you just like a good laugh, a good comedy, with something like Bruce Almighty or Meet the Parents or even one of those black-and-white slapstick films from Charlie Chaplin or Laurel and Hardy. A film gives us a good chance to escape from reality in, in which we live, doesn't it? A chance to forget about the mundane and to dream that we can defy gravity, have superpowers, live the high life without a care in the world or drive high-speed cars, boats, motorcycles and helicopters. We escape and live the dream, albeit in our minds, and albeit for 90 minutes. I wonder what your wildest kingdom dream is today. One of the films we've watched over lockdown is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And in the 1971 film version, Willy Wonka, played by Gene Wilder, says this. We are makers of dreams, the dreamers of dreams. I read a quote that expands on that idea, which says, We should be dreaming. We grew up as kids having dreams, but now we're too sophisticated as adults, as as a nation. 
We stop dreaming. We should always have dreams. We're too sophisticated as adults. We stop dreaming. Can the same be said of us today? Have we become too sophisticated as Christians, as a, a movement that we no longer dream kingdom dreams for ourselves or our core, our communities or, and the Salvation Army? And why? Well, perhaps our hearts have become too hard, too shallow, too crowded, too sophisticated, too grown up to dream God's kingdom dreams. The Salvation Army needs people today to dream God's kingdom dreams. In 1994, three people had a dream, Steven Spielberg, Jeffrey Carsenberg, and David Geffen. And they formed a new movie company called DreamWorks. Their dream led to films like Chicken Run, Shrek, Madagascar, The Prince of Egypt, and so many more films that are now household names. DreamWorks worked because Spielberg, Carsenberg, and Geffen believed in their dream and worked hard to realise their dream. And if we're going to realise God's kingdom dream, then we need to be prepared for God's dream work. Now, if you were appearing in a movie about God's kingdom dream, I wonder who would play your part? Tom Hanks, Johnny Depp, Morgan Freeman, Colin Firth or Mr Bean? What about Penelope Cruz, Kate Winslet, Judy Dench or Mrs Doubtfire? <laughs> Who would be in your dream team for your kingdom dream? The fact is that if we're going to dream God's kingdom dream, we need to dream work and be part of God's dream team. God, as casting director, enables God's dream team to fulfill God's kingdom dream. God wants his people to work as a team, each fulfilling their part as they go about his unstoppable work. How can we do this? How can Christians be team players as they do their part in furthering God's work? Well, I'd like to look at four principles which jump out to me from Acts 6, verses 1 to 7 today. And this, is, this Bible verse is entitled, The Choosing of the Seven. And it's, a, it's about one of God's dream teams forming to do some building of God's dream kingdom. So why don't you pause me now just to read through that Bible passage. So four principles here to being part of God's dream team and doing his dream work. Number one, God's dream team must be willing to evaluate and change. This lockdown has been a lesson in change, hasn't it? We've all been forced to change our way of living to some degree. Some people have found it easier than others. Only this week I was talking to Rosie's teacher about homeschooling and she and I were commiserating about how our dining rooms at home have become makeshift classrooms with paper and pens and stuff all over the place. We shared about how at first it would drive us crazy, but how we soon realised that this was for the better just now and learned to stop stressing about it and fighting it and embrace it instead. In lockdown, your lives have changed. Some of you have taken up new hobbies. You've got fitter. You've got healthier. You've been able to finish things. You've decluttered. You've slowed down. You've nurtured family relationships and friendships. 
what you thought was going to be something unbearable hasn't been quite so. And in many cases, it's been a positive experience. Others have really struggled with the change. Some of that has been about personal circumstances, which is absolutely understandable. But for some, it's been about an unwillingness to accept what's happening and a stubbornness of desire to make the best of it. These are all the dimensions of the nature of change. Change is part of our life. None of us have stayed 10 years old. We've had to change to survive and to thrive. Some people do well with change and some don't. Handling change often comes down to what we value. And this is so true in the church. Some of us value our own ambition and self-preservation more than Jesus' mission. If personal comfort is our goal in life and value, we will fight for or against change, depending on which brings more com personal comfort. However, if Jesus is our ultimate treasure, change can become an exciting opportunity and we can be open to it. In Acts 6, the apostles make a tough leadership decision that affected lots of people. Some people probably responded positively and others negatively. When change comes, we get to decide what kind of person we're going to be and, and what we value. Will we embrace change positively, give it a go and hopefully allow growth to happen? The apostle realised that without a drastic change, the gospel would not reach the world. Because they, the early church was willing to change, a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. That's what it says in verse 7. Imagine what can happen in your walk with Jesus when you open your heart to change. Perhaps look back to see how you have changed and matured in your faith since you first started that walk with the Lord. Would you want to go back to that or do you treasure the relationship you've developed thus far? Imagine what can happen in our church when we are willing to make the changes necessary to see more and more people hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is about a willingness, a willingness. As church has had to look different in lockdown, so there may have to be some changes as we work out what a fruitful church looks like coming out of lockdown. I think that being part of God's kingdom building dream team, we have to be flexible as to what his dream work looks like. And I'm saying this to myself as I'm saying it to you. I read this prayer about change this week. God, help us to change, to change ourselves and to change the world, to know the need for it, to deal with the pain of it, to feel the joy of it, to undertake the journey without understanding the destination, the art of gentle revolution. Amen. What a great prayer. And as part of our willingness to evaluate and change, the second principle about God's dream team is that we must be willing to step up and help meet the need. The disciples had been in leadership training for three years under the greatest teacher this world has ever seen. They were students of Jesus of Nazareth and had learned a lot about helping people as they watched him at work. So it's not surprising that after Jesus left them with a mission and sent the Holy Spirit to help them accomplish it, that the disciples are found distributing food to the many widow widows who had come to believe in Jesus. They helped distribute food when Jesus fed 4,000 and then 5,000. 
The disciples worked hard at meeting the genuine physical needs of people they ministered to. The large groups of those in need were widows. Scholars tell us that many foreign Jews who lived in other lands would move to Israel, especially Jerusalem, in their old age because that was where they wanted to be buried. Consequently, there seemed to be a large concentration of displaced widows in Jerusalem. Jews typically provided well for these people in, in obedience to the Old Testament, which instructed them to take care of widows. However, there weren't enough foreign synagogues in Jerusalem to adequately prepare for these non-native Jewish widows. That's where the church came in. Many of these widows were receiving the gospel and turning to Jesus. Peter and the other disciples were doing their best to meet the needs, but the church by this time could easily have been 10,000 people strong. Even 12 leaders could not keep up with all the demands of providing spiritual leadership, along with making sure everyone had enough food to eat. The point to be made is that the disciples had stepped up and were meeting the need in the best way they knew how. We will face times when people need help and we are in a position to help them. Ministry will need to happen and if we do not take the lead and do not step up and just do it, then the need will go unmet. Sometimes you just have to roll up your sleeves and get to work, even if you're not particularly gifted in that certain area. I appreciate that we are all wired differently God has gifted us all uniquely so that we can do certain things better than other things. It's understandable that in ministry and service we want to do what we'll be good at or that which we'll enjoy. But sometimes there's things that need to be done that we know we can do even if we don't enjoy it or we're not sure about it. But we want to step up. Our willingness to serve and step up and meet the need can also take us out of our comfort zone. When you do this, it doesn't mean that you've got to do it for 30 years. It may just be for a season, just for a short term until the right person comes along. But your willingness to stand in the gap mirrors your attitude to being obedient to God and to wanting to see his kingdom flourish, his kingdom dream become a reality. Sometimes you stepping up leads the way for others in the team to do so as well. I wonder, is there something that God is urging you to do in his inimitable way to step up to and help meet the need, but you just keep putting him off? Let's look at this third principle that the disciples had to grapple with. God's dream team must recognise when it's time to get out of the way. In our house, Sunday roast is a mainstay of Sunday lunchtime. In our usual routine, everything is timed perfectly for when we come in from the army. When we get in, there's no time to make proper Yorkshire puddings, only time to stick in the oven for five minutes Aunt Bessie's Yorkshire puddings, or Tesco's own actually, which are just as good. But as part of our lockdown routine, we have had the time to make Yorkshire puddings from scratch. Now, I'm not brilliant at making them, and I can't say I enjoy doing it either. It, it was an extra faff. But people wanted them, so I did the best I could. After a couple of weeks, Rosie decided she wanted to help make them with me. And then one Sunday she said, I want to do them all on my own. 
I like that's fine by me. So now it's part of her Sunday morning routine and she's far better at it than me. She goes in the kitchen, shuts the door and gets on with it and I don't have anything to do with it. You see, there came a point over this lockdown where it was time for me to get out of the way and let Rosie use her skills. And in God's dream team, there may come a time when we need to make room for the gifts of others and not be precious about holding on to what we're doing. Maybe God has been using us in a certain area and we've been faithful to do the best we can, but we know we are not using our God-given abilities to the fullest and someone else can do it better and they are there and willing, a bit like Rosie and her Yorkshire puddings. This requires honesty and humility and I would say a willingness to stay with it until God releases you. The disciples apparently weren't doing an adequate job of distributing the food. They were not really equipped to run a food distribution centre themselves. However, there were others who would be able to put the time in and the energy needed into meeting the physical needs in the Christian community. The disciples knew exactly what they were called to do. They did not consider themselves above serving others or helping widows. No, no, no. However, they knew that they were being pulled away from the word of God and from prayer. Their days were being filled with making sure that hundreds of people were adequately cared for. It was exhausting and an endless work. So the disciples presented their idea to the church that they should select seven faithful men who would be able to serve the Lord by taking care of the food distribution. These men were full of the spirit and God's wisdom and walked in faith and confidence in the Lord. And, you know, I think these qualities are what we most need to work at in being part of God's dream team. Because if we do that, then these other principles that we're looking at today will fall into place. And it's believed that these men dealt fairly with those they ministered to and with, and they did a great job. This released others to fulfill their ministry in other ways. And our final principle anointed team efforts result in the growth of God's kingdom. Someone said that a lot can be accomplished if nobody cares who gets the credit. In God's kingdom building, ultimately God gets the credit because it's his church, his people and his work. He wants us to learn to work together to reach the lost. Because God's people were willing to obey him and step up to the mark and work as a team, we read the results in verse 7 that say, So the world, word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Throughout the book of Acts, you can read about the unstoppable work of God and that's what happens when the Holy Spirit anoints teams. And if we try to go it alone, we might make it. But we will have missed the mark of effectiveness and we will have missed the joy that is found in close fellowship with other believers. Anointed team efforts are efforts that are empowered by the Holy Spirit. If we somehow were able to create good team efforts on our own, we would not be fruitful in producing lasting spiritual growth. And so as we close today, I invite you to think about this. We are part of something that is God's idea to win this world. We are part of the ultimate dream team, the church doing the will of God together, even still in lockdown. 
And as we seek to do what God has called us to do, sometimes we need to change. Sometimes we'll need to just step up and do whatever needs to be done, even if we don't feel that we're particularly gifted for it. Times may come when we need to realign ourselves with God's purpose and get out of the way if we're operating outside of our giftings or if there's somebody else that can do the job better. All the while, we need to be cultivating the qualities in our lives that will help us help others. We need to stay full of the Holy Spirit and God's wisdom and walk in faith and confidence in the Lord. Folks, today, if we want to be part of God's dream work, then we need to play our part in God's dream team. There are gaps in our core and in our community of work that needs to be done for God's kingdom. And if we're not going to do it now, what's it going to be like in 10 years' time? Is this expression of God's dream work in this city still going to be here? God's kingdom dream, the kingdom ambition, the kingdom mission of the Salvation Army is to save souls, to grow saints and to serve suffering humanity. You are part of the dream team. But are you too busy daydreaming about how it's not like it was? Are you too busy daydreaming about how inconvenient it is? Are you too busy daydreaming about how busy your other commitments are? Are you too busy daydreaming about how you have nothing to offer? Within that kingdom dream of the Salvation Army, we need to be part of God's dream team to enable that to happen. Bill Hines wrote a beautiful song, so familiar, those words that say, All that I am, all I can be, all that I have, all that is me, accept and use, Lord, as you would choose, Lord, right now, today. Take every passion, every skill, take all my dreams and bend them to your will. My all I give, Lord, for you all live, Lord, come what may. Did you hear that line? Take all my dreams and bend them to your will. Bend them to your dreams. Are you doing God's dream work or your own? Are you playing your part in his dream team? Are you open to his dreams and ready to wholeheartedly grasp them and step up? All that I am, Lord, open our hearts and minds to see your dreams and help make them a reality today. Lord, use us. You know, as always, we're going to enable a time of reflection as this song plays. And as it does, I pray that you will re really listen to what God is saying or urging or showing you. And if, as a result of this time today, you feel that God is telling you something about his dreams for you, for our core, and you want to talk that over with Adrian and I, don't miss the opportunity. So let's spend this time devoted to the Lord and then I'll pray to end our time together.
Heavenly Father, we know that you are all-powerful and creator of all and that you can do way, way more than our wildest dreams. Help us not only to hear your word, but to also grasp and follow what it says. Guide us as we do your dream work. Help us to have faith in you. Give us wisdom to make right decisions. Anoint us with your spirit's power to do all that you have in store. We want to see your kingdom come around and we want to be part of that. May you come anew and afresh to us today in an amazing way that we won't just sit and listen, but that we will stand and act to help make your dreams a reality. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus. He came to give us life in all its fullness and to bring the fullness of your dreams. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.